This is episode 39 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your hosts, Tim Bowen. The beard is a lot like trend following until the point that my wife says, okay, it's done. And then that's when the trend collapses and I'm forced to shave it off. And Steven Johnson. You normally uh, you normally cut from your ankles up, up through the legs, past the scrotum, onto the chest hair, and you stop at the Adam's apple. But today... Remember that really old movie? Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie? Yeah, that really old one. Trading Places, you know, with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. I'll bet that that man could run our company as well as your young wood thought. Are we talking about a wager, Randolph? Is there a problem, officer? Well, what if I told you that something like that actually happened in real life? Sorta. Today, Tim and Steven review the book Turtle Traders by author Michael Covell. Is trading a teachable skill? They started out as a competition, and they started out saying, yes, it's teachable, and no, it's not teachable. How much is nurture, and how much is nature? Nature does come into play. You need to have the flame, the interest. You have to have that in you. Can anybody win at this game? People do have a chance to win in the market game, but he or she needs the right rules and attitude to play by. What role does failure play? I had a day during which I made every mistake known to modern man. How about luck? How much of a role does luck play in trading? In the long run, zero. Absolutely zero. All this today on part one of Steady Trade's two-part review of Turtle Traders. But first, let's dip into the listener mailbag to answer some listener questions. We have uh, Jamil from Quebec who asks, I recently wrote a book called The Complete Penny Stock Course. Learn how to generate profits consistently by trading penny stocks. Have you guys read it yet? If not, what's your problem? If so, what do you think about it? It's great, right? Right? I'm confident Stephen hasn't read it yet because there isn't an audio book format since I think he is functionally functionally illiterate i have read it and it's great actually i've got a yeah well i would hope so have you looked at the back cover i i I'm, i'm on the back cover so um no no great stuff um you know what i really really like about it is you know jamil is an engineer uh and he has that engineer mindset and the best thing i can say is it's it's as close to a textbook uh, of penny stocking. You know, it is very well structured, steps you through, there's quizzes, there's worksheets, you know, it's a really well thought out approach to low price stocks, which as far as I know, <laughs> there's, there's never been anything like that in the penny stocking world. There's been plenty of books about it, but nobody took that more disciplined, well structured approach. I highly recommend it. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's, I think, for me, I, I got sent the PDF and I haven't opened it yet. But the reason for it is because from my understanding, it's going to be a big kind of overview of the whole kind of what the challenge was. I think what he's, what he's done is he's put everything from the challenge into an academic textbook, Correct. which is awesome, which is awesome. And it's, it's like one millionth of the price of the challenge or something. It's like, well, and that's you know, what I, I, I think is crazy. I'm, I'm guessing if, if you're a long-time listener of Steady Trade, you know I'm a big I'm an avid reader. In in my opinion, I think the book is $25, $29. The value you get out of that, I mean, come on. If you get I always say this about any book, 
if you get one idea out of a book that's twenty or thirty dollars, that that's an incredible value, and and I think you'll get a lot more than one good idea out of this book. I say if you're a new to intermediate trader, interested in low price stocks, it's I mean it's, it's a no brainer for twenty five or twenty nine dollars or whatever it costs. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. Hey there, listeners. The Steady Trade Podcast is powered by Stocks to Trade, the ultimate trading platform created by traders for traders. Now, many of you already use Stocks to Trade. Some of you even use Stocks to Trade Pro and get to hear Tim Bowen every day. So, of course, you know from experience how Stocks to Trade cuts out time and stress of trying to find the best Stocks to Trade and lets you focus on becoming a better trader in whatever style or patterns fit you best. Now, for those of you who have never tried Stocks to Trade for yourself, we here at the Steady Trade Podcast want to help you out as a way of thanking you for listening to the Steady Trade Podcast. We have a special coupon for you. It's a promotion for the first 300 people who respond, and it will save you 20% off of your first month of Stocks to Trade. So you can try this out for yourself. Now, even if you're not ready to start trading real money, but you want to practice trading in real time to develop your skills, you can use the paper trading feature of Stocks to Trade. It's a great tool for traders, so come check it out. Simply go to our website, steadytrade.com, look for the coupon code steadytrade39, click it, fill in your registration information, and boom, you're ready to start trading. Now, again, this is only available to new subscribers of Stocks to Trade. It's not combinable with any other offers, and there's only a limited number of coupons available. So go be one of the first 300 new subscribers. Sign up for Stocks to Trade using coupon code SteadyTrade39. Go do it today and put your trading skills to the test. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. Today, we have something that uh, I've been actually looking forward to for quite a while. Um, Michael Cavell is a great writer, great podcaster. Uh, check out trendfollowing.com. But he, uh, you know, I've been reading his books for, who I think I looked at my Amazon history. I think I might have bought his first book, or, or not his first book, but the first book I bought of his I think maybe 2009-ish back in kind of, that was still the, the period where I was kind of cutting my teeth and, and really evolving as a trader, particularly getting into momentum stocks and loved the book, had the, uh, had the opportunity of actually meeting Michael at, at one of the penny stocking conferences. It was just, uh, you know, just a, hey, how are you? Hi, et cetera. Never really got to know him. But it was all, was a great guy in person. Was really you know chatted with him for a couple minutes, and I've proceeded to read several of his books. I haven't read them all. I think I've read Trend Following, which is a great book, as well as the book we're going to talk about today, Turtle Trading. What is exciting about the turtles? And you can Google it. We'll we'll give you a little bit of history, but it's the story of the the best way to kind of quickly summarize it is, is think about the, the Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd movie trading places where, you know, the, the idea was uh, Richard Dennis, right? Yeah. Richard Dennis and William Eckhart. Uh, Richard Dennis was a massively successful trader and 
him and his partner had a debate a lot as to whether or not it trading was a teachable skill. And basically the history of the, the turtles was they started out as a competition and they started out saying, yes, it's teachable and no, it's not teachable, but they simply ran ads, basically classified ads in the wall street journal and said, we want to make you a trader. If you're interested, they gave a series of interview questions that I believe were all basically just true or false questions. And ultimately they turned, I can't remember the exact numbers, but they turned a significant majority of the applicants that stuck with the teaching into successful traders. And I think it's particularly important or applicable to the listeners of the podcast because I'm I'm willing to bet the majority of you are just average Joes and average Janes. And the, the, the story of the turtle traders is average Joes and Janes can be successful traders with rules particularly and sticking with those rules. Uh, yeah, I mean, very nice introduction. You lost me. Uh, you lost me halfway through it, actually, uh, because you said the phrase um, "cutting your teeth," and I immediately just thought, "Cutting." What else? What else is Tim Bowen cut lately? And then I thought a beard, and I thought you normally uh, you normally cut from your ankles up up through the legs, past the scrotum, onto the chest hair, and you stop at the Adam's apple. But today. I don't know if you just like weren't concentrating, you lost focus, but you, you've shaved higher than normal. Well, no, I mean, you, this is almost <laughs> this is a bigger discovery than the tittles, what the tittles I, did. <laughs> I, I appreciate you noticing, but basically, the, the beard, um, you know, basically, the beard is a lot like trend following. Um, it, it, it basically grinds higher and higher and higher until the point that my wife says, okay, it's done. And then that's when the trend collapses and I'm forced to shave it off. So we, we reached, I mean, what, what, we reached max beard this weekend and I was told to shave it off. So really? So there's, there's no reason there's no kind of midlife crisis. There's no beard life crisis. There's no, just I've lost me shit. And, uh, uh, the podcast has taken over my life and I'm doing too many webinars on Stocks at Pro. Just F everything. I'm shaving off the beard. I've had enough of life. <laughs> Nothing I, like that. I wish You're I had okay. a be- I wish okay. I had a, a a better story for you, but no, it was just the wife yeah, said yeah, shave it off. Yeah. So Okay, just but if you need us, um we're on WhatsApp together. If you need any help, if you need anyone to talk to, uh I'm always here for you. You know, anytime I'm looking for a, you know, anytime I'm facing a, a, a life decision, you know, when, when I'm, I'm making a big, yeah, a big goal, you know, it's like, Hey, my, my, my drunken podcast host is who I always go to. But just, just if there's anything to do with family, anything to do with money, if, uh, if there's any serious, serious decisions you need to make, I'm, I'm just a text away. I just, I just want you to know that. If you ever think about going all in, I just, I'm just a text away. Uh, yeah, so Total Traders, uh, it was a very inspiring uh, book. It was one of those times where Tim Bone was saying, um, Stephen, let's do this book review. And I was like, no, not another book. I don't want to read it. And then I, I turned out to be one of the best things I've ever read, which is always a nice surprise. And there's a lot of contrasts and a lot of parallel themes. And, and that's the reason why I like it. And it's it answers a lot of some of the deeper questions. The first one is, is uh, trading nature or is it nature? But uh, before we get into it, let's, let's hear one of the clips of the book. This is actually the introduction and the preface. 
uh, and this will really set us up nicely. Every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakes up. It knows it must run faster than the fastest lion, or it will be killed. Every morning, a lion wakes up. It knows it must run faster than the slowest gazelle, or it will starve to death. It doesn't matter whether you are a lion or a gazelle. When the sun comes up, you better start running. African proverb. This is the story of how a group of ragtag students, many with no Wall Street experience, were trained to be millionaire traders. Think of Donald Trump's show, The Apprentice, played out in the real world. Yeah, so I mean, it's just this incredible, incredible, incredible story, and it's really it's a nature versus nurture thing where we had William Eckhart and Richard Dennis. Who were kind of friends going back, both successful traders. I think William Eckhart might have actually gone out and made more than Richard Dennis. I had an argument where William Eckhart was saying, there is no way you can teach people trading. It's instinctive. And Richard Dennis, who's this kind of anti-establishment, kind of, I wouldn't say unconventional, but definitely not your typical Wall Street trader. He was saying, no, we can get people, random people of all different walks and disciplines and we can teach them trading. So then they set up this experiment. And there's two things I love about this. One, the, the opening uh, line about the, the, the classic gazelle versus the lion, you have to run faster. And, and it's so true in trading. I mean, 90% of people, 95% lose. The only way to be in the top 5 to 10% is to wake up every morning and work harder than the other 95%. Yeah, I think there's, that's a very good point. And I think there, there's two points in this clip. Number one, I, you know, one of the reasons we do the podcast is I 1000% agree that trading can be taught. Now, I think when you talk about nature versus nurture, I do think that nature does come into play from the standpoint of you need to have like you, I think the flame, the 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 interest, you have to have that in you. Now, not saying you can't overcome that, but I think that one of the reasons you see someone so many failures in trading is not that people don't try, not that they don't work hard. Well, a lot of them don't do that, but but a lot of people just go into it because they're because they want to make money. I want to get rich. I want to make money. Where I mean. I, I told the story in season one of me reading the Wall Street Journal in the fourth grade. I've always had this interest, this this spark in trading. Then if you have that, now maybe you do, maybe you don't. You know, we, we've, we've talked about with Brett Steenbarger's book, you know, some people just shouldn't trade. But if you've got that fire, then I 100% agree that it, it can be taught. You, there's, there's rules, there's processes, there's repetition. You stick with that, it can be taught, definitely. Yeah, no, you know, I, I, I totally, totally, totally agree. And I think maybe uh, you don't, and you don't, for me, you don't need to have an interest in finance since you're young. You just need, I mean, that's obviously a good reason, but you just need an underlying desire, an underlying passion, an underlying fire inside of you to say, I am going to get this no matter what. And, I, and I'm doing it because I love it. And I love the challenge. And I think uh, that's, you know, obviously that's true about anything. I mean, you, you see yeah. the guys, you see the guys that are making half a million dollars playing Fortnite, you know, obviously they have a passion, you know, they didn't go playing Fortnite 
saying, oh, I'm going to make half a million dollars playing a video game. They had a passion for gaming, and then that translates into a skill, and then a skill translates into profits. But uh, And just the last thing I'll say, I mean, and this can appeal to a lot of people. You can be going through life, you can be going through a day job, and you can just be like, I've had enough of this shit. I'm going to work hard on something to get out of it. I mean, for me, it was I, I saw some success in poker, and I gave up on it when I was young. And it was a regret for me. And I thought when I got into trading, I was like, I will never give up on a dream ever again because I regretted giving up on poker for 10 years after having some success in it. And, and, and for me, I will, for now it's ingrained. I will never quit no matter what. And then it, that passion transfers into some kind of love and addiction of trading. Addiction is a funny word, but... Uh, yeah, I think, I, think, I, think, you know, I think addiction obviously gets a bad reputation because typically people get addicted to vices where if you're addicted to trading or addicted to being a, a, a writer or addicted to be a podcaster. I mean, you know, we, we, I look up to Joe Rogan a lot. I mean, he does like eight hours of podcasts a day. He is addicted to it. And hence the reason he reaches 20 million people, you know, that passion is what makes, that's what makes it so good is he's addicted to podcasting. So, yeah. And just, just the last thing I'll say, cause I'm passionate about this. Most people think that, uh, they can't achieve things, but off, what I've found in the last few years is the only barrier uh, that you will ever really have is yourself. And if you can overcome that, you'll, you'll go a long way. Uh, but a lot of people think the market can't even be beaten. Uh, the thing that market can't be beaten. You can't win the averages. And that leads us straight into the next clip. Legendary investor Benjamin Graham always said that analysts and fund managers as a whole could not beat the market because in a significant sense, they were the market. On top of that, the academic community has argued for decades about efficient markets. Once again, implying there is no way to beat market averages. Yet, making big money, beating the market, is doable if you don't follow the herd, if you think outside the box. People do have a chance to win in the market game, but he or she needs the right rules and attitude to play by. You know, I, I, one of the, I'll, I'll kind of start because of, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Benjamin Graham and, and uh, uh, I've always been skeptical of the efficient market theory. One of the biggest reasons we trade penny stocks and low price stocks is, is, is because the efficient market theory, in my opinion, does not apply at all to these stocks. I mean, we have, you know, a, a stock you shorted this morning, Stephen, was the sketchiest, you know, biotech with cancer news in the world. That, that stock should not be up 40, 50%. That, that is not the efficient market working, you know, and, and if you can find these niches like low price penny stocks, particularly shorting these stocks, then that, 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 that efficient market theory is probably required reading, but throw it out the window in the world of penny stocks. <laughs> Yeah, and but I mean, what what really struck out with me was well, two things. But when he said you've got to go against the head, and I remember um, when Ro- I was in when I was in Italy and Positano with Roland, and Roland said to me, "You've got to." I've heard it loads of times from you as well, but I've, I heard it in person. And he said, "You've got to short at the resistance levels, and you've got to short into strength. You've got to short when people are buying, and you've got to sell 
if you're going long, you've got to buy when people are selling, but use the support lines as, as your game of throwing walls. And I've said this before, and I, and I was just like, shit, if 95% of traders lose, of course the best thing to do is the opposite to everyone else. You've just got to do it a bit strategically. Well, and that's where I think so many, what I like about what you said there is using the chart. You know, we, we talk charts, charts, charts. We talk about looking at charts till your eyes bleed. The reason I talk about looking at charts till your eyes bleed is so that you can quickly recognize those key levels, whether it be break, you know, whether it be resistance, support, whether it be a 52 week high, 52 week low, et cetera. That is what some, you know, so many other traders just see a stock that's up a lot. They read the headline. They don't even read the news. They buy it when it's when it's going up. They have no plan, and then they can't figure out why they consistently lose money because they didn't build the case. They didn't build the recipe. Yeah, and and to be honest, where where you've got to be so granular, you've got to be so granular to find success. And the 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 way I found most success is where I found where I will definitely have a psychological advantage over and over and over. So, for example, if a stock is downtrending and it does gap up, and there's a lot of people who are definitely trapped, who are psychologically thinking, I've been down on this position forever, I'm going to sell when the market opens. If you're that granular, it happens over and over and over because human behavior doesn't change. But the minute you start guessing shit, you're gambling. And God, it, I don't know why it took two years to learn that. Yeah, I, you know, your, your preferred setup and the setup you're best at is, is one I love. I mean, you see that, that, that downtrending chart forever. Again, CGIX was an example of that today. You, I didn't, mean, the, take it, you didn't take it, though. Are you ever going to take the show pre-market? Oh, it's too scary. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's just there's a, there's a time and a place for everything. To be honest, I am not a fan right now of shorting dollar twenty stocks in pre-market you know um it is it's been working well for you but i am just you know i would rather and i'm still watching this ticker but i would rather let this thing play out it's you know today is monday normally these momentum stocks you know they run early in the week run early in the day particularly on a monday so i like to just you know, use that sniper analogy. I would rather let this thing run early, run mid middle of the day, and then look to fade it late day. And I know a, a lot of our listeners are the part-time traders, are the uh, new traders. Man, now it, it does. It looks like it's flatlining now, but if you can catch these junky long-term downtrending stocks that spike into resistance and fade late day, that is one of the best pattern day trader. Uh, setups. I mean, you short them into the close. Ideally, it continues to fade. They almost always gap down the next day. You cover yeah. for nice profits and you didn't use a day trade. So. But for this one, just, just saying for this one, uh, I'm not sure if this uptrends towards the close with the volume it's got with the cans I use. It's, it's a recipe to possibly have a, a green day too. I would not be surprised. Yeah. yeah. And again, that, that's why I'm not a big fan of short and early on Monday, but yeah, you, this, it is, it's currently holding VWAP right now. It's hugging right around VWAP, which you know, has everybody on their toes. It's a real long, short battle right now for the last two hours. And I mean, you're right. It, it never spiked enough. CXGI, right? Is it CXGI? CGIX. CGIX on yep. the uh, April 16th. There he goes. Yep, yep. Is wondering. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, the thing is, though, and this leads into the next topic of, of, of preparing for failure. For me, the get-out clause of this stock uh, was the volume. The minute the volume goes above any volume that it's done in the past, means that there's an overwhelming influx of buyers. The overwhelming influx of buyers is going to overtake short sellers and bag holders selling, which means it's going to squeeze when it doesn't drop anymore. And it's had record volume today, probably the biggest in its history. And that's how in the morning I was like, get out, take your profits. Yeah, I mean, you can see, it probably won't show through on the, but, but in yeah, behind me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The average volume, the volume average is 160,000 shares a day, and it's traded 18 and a half million at 12, <laughs> at, at, at 12.30 p.m. So, but, and, and, but that's the whole reason of play one setup over and over and over and over because I knew as this isn't behaving like it should, there's too much volume I'm getting out. Mr. Wayne, who probably hasn't traded the setup as much in Stocks Trade Pro, who was saying, oh, I've, I've took the loss, even though you said don't short it. <laughs> I don't know if he went short along. I mean, he, he, he took the loss today. He took the loss. But uh, Mr. Wayne, listen to this quote by Richard Dennis. Uh, it's going to really put things into perspective for you. However, trading was harder than Dennis let on. The early ups and downs took a toll on him, but he learned the hard lessons within months. You have to have mentally gone through the process of failure, he said. I had a day during which I made every mistake known to modern man. I took too many big risks. I panicked and sold at the bottom of every break. I had built my net worth up to about $4,000 coming into that day, and I lost about $1,000 in two hours. It took me about three days to work through that experience emotionally, and I think it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Tell you something that I, you know, I always say is it is it is so much better to take those painful losses early in your career. Yeah. I, I've seen guys, you know, and, and being the old salty dog, been around for ten years. I mean, I've seen guys, especially in the penny stock community, in the Tim Sykes community. I mean, these are these is this is going back a few years. But some of these guys would just explode and they would make $50,000 the first month. They would then proceed to tell Sykes he was an idiot, didn't know anything, go all over Twitter and, 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 and you know, talk about how amazing they were. And then all of a sudden they just disappear, you know, and, and you know what happens when they disappear. They blew up because they got too cocky because they made 50 grand the first month. Um, man, I, you know, you know, test, experiment but it's so much better to take those losses early. Yeah. And, uh, and I've from, I'm, I know Huddy, I remember Huddy saying in his interview that he, he was just winning and giving it back and winning and giving it back over a two year period. And now he's making three and four grand a day. Uh, and, and I've tried to take that on board and think, look, if you've tested a setup a hundred times and you know, your edge, you know, your enders, you know, your exits, you know, where it works, where it doesn't work. Um, then, Great, take it with some size. Uh, but anything else, trade for a quarter of your position, a fifth of your position, because y- you need to figure out the pattern before you trade it. So many people trade randomly. I mean, you play, you must play the same patterns all the time, no? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, right now, I mean, I'm probably three to four different trade setups that I'm looking for. Really? Um, it's, that, it's, it's all you're looking for. You're yeah, picking yeah, four I setups. Mean, yeah, at, at the most. Now, they, they may change. You know, again, I talk about coming into probably 2016, 
I was much more short bias. But even then, I mean, it was still just three setups that, that I was looking for every day. Basically, junk stocks, you know, spiking and late day fading. And now it's now it's basically the opposite. What I'm looking for a lot of the times is these junk stocks that spike and then hold all day, just like CGIX is. And then you wait yeah. for that. It's, it's, next. it's the same setup. It's just your divergence is different. You know, when, when you're, when, when I think, you know, and, and the times will come, but when I think we were in a more short friendly market from that 29 to 2015 area, you would look for that exact same pattern. You were just looking for the downward divergence from the mean versus now we're lo- not all of us. You're more short bias than I am. We're looking for that upward divergence from the mean. So, but uh, a slight divergence before going to the next one. But when you get into a more downward market, is the volume going to drop from your experience? Does the volume drop and the plays become less, uh, or is it just more short biased? I haven't seen any difference in volume. Now, I can't tell really? you. I, I don't have the statistics to say, you know, X amount of shares versus Y amount of shares. But I can tell you 2007, yep. 2000, 2007, 2008 is a great example. That was the big crash. And yeah. in my opinion, we were even more active back then than really? we are now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was, I mean, there was stuff, you know, five, six ch- charts a day we were trading. So. Nice. Now nice. again, I, just, I don't I don't have the hard stats, <laughs> but it didn't feel any different. Didn't that's the like, beauty of yeah, that's the beauty of low price stocks. There's always never, speculation. Yeah, very good, very good. Because sometimes it feels like we're going through a little bit of low right now. Like it's like oh, there's only one runner a day. There's only two runners a day. I'm like, if the market crashes, is that the end? But it's not the end. Yeah, I mean, I look yeah. at you know all of the you you look at all of these swing trades. I mean, a perfect example was an actually quick plug if you go to stocks to trade.com forward slash watch list <laughs> stocks to trade.com forward slash watch list wow i did not get that out we do have a free swing trade watch list that i put together every weekend and i was look somebody had mentioned nktr today i mean nktr i first put that on that that swing trade watch list at like 22 a few months ago or yeah, a few months ago, it's at 90 plus right now. So, I mean, is that, is that, a, is that a realistic move? I mean, that's the beauty. I mean, look at all of these breakouts that just keep breaking and breaking and breaking. And when we, when, and if, you know, when, and if we flip, I mean, look at all those overextended charts, you can short everything from a yeah. dollar to $90. So yeah, and, and I'll just give you one more plug since we're having since we're having a friendly plug. Yeah, you did call Facebook long in Stocks to Trade Pro as well. You're calling it about one three nine. It's now at about one four six. You know, you know, it's just one of those. I, that was simply, you know, you t- actually going back to the previous clip of, of 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 the herd. I mean, you talk about. I mean, when everybody says a stock is going down, what does the stock normally do? You know. <laughs> yeah, no, but but I mean, let's let's get into the uh, the next uh, part of the book, which I think talks a little bit more about finding an edge, which is kind of where we're going anyway. How much of a role does luck play in trading? In the long run, zero, absolutely zero. I don't think anybody winds up making money in this business because they started out lucky. Richard Dennis. Yeah, that's just a very, very short quote, but I thought it was worth putting in because I think some people have luck in certain areas 
but in general, it really made me think of the analogy of the casino. And I know that that's what Richard Dennis used to tell of the turtles. He used to say, guys, uh, you need to find your edge and just stick to it. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's obviously luck in trading. I've gotten lucky plenty of times. You know, you've the 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 classic example of luck is when you whether it be long or short, you forget to check the earnings date, you know, which which that's a yeah. a, a tip. You know, if you're overnighting momentum stocks, you need to always know earnings dates. You know, I I the tip I use is you know, I put them post-its on my monitor. If I'm swing trading or overnighting a stock with earnings, I always know it. I put, put the little reminder, never hold into earnings long or short, but I've been there. I've, 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 I've been short into earnings and earnings were terrible stock tanks. I've been <laughs> long into earnings. Earnings were blowout stock. Well, sometimes stocks go up when earnings are bad, but um, you're never going to be consistent you know, and what we try and accomplish, which you and I are trying to accomplish, what we're trying to teach with steady trade, obviously the name, is being able to come to the market and consistently, does that mean every day? No, but consistently have an edge and make money. And yeah, luck has nothing to do with it except for maybe twice a year or something. So Yeah, but and just the other thing to say is you need to, uh, it's kind of you need to make your own luck. You need to find your edge. And everyone says that, well, how do I find an edge? And it's for me, I found mine uh, just by playing the same pattern over and over and over and over and over and seeing what worked and seeing what didn't work. Now, that might be like how many stocks uh, run green and then gap down and finish red or and how many stocks run green two days and gap down and finish red or do they run red green? How many go three? And you'll find that maybe on the first day, 50% run red to green. On the second day, 30% run red to green. And on the third day, 20% do. Uh, but and on the third day, the 20% that run red to green, 90% of them fail uh, at the red-green level or at a previous day of resistance. Now, that just sounds like I just said a load of rubbish, but the point is, you probably understand what I'm, I'm saying, but the point is, if you track the same setups over and over and over and you look at uh, how they perform over and over and over, you say, well, eight times out of 10, it fails on the third day, then then you know your, your competitive advantage. You know the edge, and that that is how you have the edge. And sure, does that does that mean you're going to profit every time? No, but you've now created, just like I talked about earlier with the VWAP hold or the 52-week break or all these, you've now created something that you can work through your criteria, work through your worksheet, which we use a lot in Stocks to Trade Pro, and say, okay, there's 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 five reasons to trade this stock and one reason not to trade it. That puts the odds in my favor. I set a stop and I attack that every time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know the odds because I've not tracked it, but I mean, I'm, I'd be pretty positive if a stock is on its first green day and it's trading more than 10, 10, 10 million volume and it's held VWAP all day and it's closing strong, it's probably going to cap up the next day. I mean, I haven't tracked it, but I mean, that's how you find an edge. You track 20, 30, 40 of them and then you work it out. Yeah, CGIX again. Today's April sixteenth that we're recording. Well, uh, let's we'll look back on it. You know, I think it's a long. I think that's a long, probably. Well, especially, and it's over my shoulder. In my opinion, especially if it starts, if it holds VWAP like it is, we got three. We got three and a half hours left in the day, and it starts pushing back that high a day with you know it it may it may trade twenty (laughs) five it may trade twenty five million shares today. 
Yeah, and I was in a shot this morning, so lucky me I got out. But uh, and that's the thing. I mean, well, but but think about it. You read, you said it in in STT uh, Pro Chat. You recognized the volume. You were yep. short. You had a small profit, and you you said it. I I saw you type it. You're like, whoa, this volume is through the roof. I'm out. Which you took a profit, which is yep. you 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 the the I've been seems like I've been using this quote too much lately, but. You know, like Mike Tyson said, you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. You had a plan. You got punched in the face with the volume and you got out and you, you had yeah. with a profit. So, but the thing is, it's about seeing that it's about being prepared and preparing for something to happen. Because when I, I was looking at the, 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 the chart and it generally trades, uh, never really more than 3 million on a day, on a, on a good day, it trades 2.53 million. So when it traded 450,000 at uh, 920, 925, it traded 450,000 pre-market. I was thinking this could explode. It could explode. So I'm watching it. And if the volume goes through the roof, I'm immediately out. So I was, I was looking for it. I saw it and I got out. Uh, but you've, it takes time to see this stuff. It takes time to be prepared. And thank God for the podcast. We're going to pass this on. Because a lot of people won't, you know, that, that comes with time. I mean, vol- volume is, especially in momentum stocks, volume is so, so, so big. I mean, you, uh, I, th- I think you had, in some of the earlier me- episodes, you had made like the dance partner analogy. You know, it's like you've got price and volume work together. If separate, you know, they're, 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 they need to work together and, and it takes time to recognize that, but that's what comes with experience as well. Yeah. And, and just one final thing, cause it's one of the most important things I've ever, ever, ever learned. You can see this big downtrend in charts and you can think, oh, there's resistance everywhere. If the volume is huge compared to any other time in its history, you can just rub that chart away. It doesn't matter because if the volume blow out, you, you need to treat it like a fresh chart. Yeah. And, uh, and this mind blown for me, I thought. Yeah, I think uh, uh, I can't remember who said this. I'm stealing the quote, but you know, unusual volume creates unusual price action, and and that's what you recognized. So, yeah, but I was I was thinking, oh, there's resistance here. I'll just short here. I'll just short here, and I wasn't respecting that it had trained 20, 20 times more volume than it ever traded in its history. And then I'm wondering why I'm getting blown out of the water. <laughs> And now, now I know because <laughs> volume matters. But anyway, uh, there's a there's a nice debate. Uh, we've discussed nature versus uh, nurture. Now, this is uh, how much do you need intelligence to be a good trader, and how much do you just need goddamn good discipline? Uh, and Richard Dennis talks talks us through it a little bit. This ends part one of episode thirty nine on turtle traders. Stephen and Tim will be back next week to finish up with part two. Hi, this is Erica Meyer from Toronto, Canada. And when I'm sitting at the cottage, I like to listen to Stephen and Tim on Steady Trade Podcast. You can register to win real actual prizes at their website, steadytrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write us a glowing review on iTunes. I did. And this is how we say goodbye in Toronto. 